Monster 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star State. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case file 45, Nancy Lyon. We're back! We're back, bitches! This is the true Lone Star 187, not to be confused with imposters. Who are imposters? We had imposters a few we weeks did. ago. We did, we did, we did. But we were also imposters, yeah, so. Yeah, we were. Impostores. I'm Brittany. I'm Carrie. And we're, we're Lone Star 187. Co-host. So where are we this week, Brittany? We are in Highland Park. Again? Again? We've been in Highland Park. Remember the one we did at oh, Christmas? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, we're back. So how back. close are we to the house that on was on Colgate, I think? I don't know. I have to check. Okay, so tell me about the Highland Park story. So then. we are going to January 9th of 1990 in Highland Park, Texas, which, for those that are not familiar with Highland Park, it is a bougie, rich, rich area mm-hmm. of the Metroplex. Um, at this time, the population was 8,802. In 1990, the annual income was over $200,000. Damn. So in this what area. is that in this time, I wonder? Probably double? 680000 is the annual income so in more, this neighborhood. So triple. Mm-hmm. In what? What is that? 30 years? Yeah. So the in Highland Park, it's about five miles from downtown Dallas. It's not really that far. So we have a man named Richard Lyon, and he is two-wheeling Dukes of Hazard his car into the ER of Presby Dallas, Presbyterian Dallas. Is he driving the General Lee? He is not. Okay. You know, he's too bougie for that. Fair enough, fair he enough. Gonna be, he ain't going to be Dukes of Hazard that, no. So he pulls into the ER, and he runs inside, and he asks some nurses to come out. Please help him. His wife's in the car. He's like, can you please help me? My, my wife is not feeling well. She's in the front seat. So the nurses go out there, and she's in a fetal position in the front seat. Nancy's only 37, so she's young. Now, it's January, and as we know, of course, this is pre-COVID, so not everything is COVID at this time. Everything is the flu. So the flu's on the rise, and they're like, you know, it's probably just the flu. No problem. Let's get her in a room. So they get her in a room. They do the basic. You know, they start giving her fluids, giving her meds. She's got a really high fever. Um, They're not really sure what's going on. So some hours pass, and... She's not responding to any treatment. Like, her fever's not going down. She's vomiting. She's got diarrhea. She's got body aches. And it's just, it's like every symptom you could have at one time with no relief. The nausea medicine. poisoned. Could you not take over my story? Stay in your lane. Know your role. I'm not even driving. You're trying to drive this episode. My bad. I should have. Somebody come get her. (laughs) She's acting like a jerk. After she's there for a little while and they get her history and they meet her husband, the people of the hospital are realizing that this isn't just any woman. This is Nancy Dillard Lyon. And her father is William Dillard Sr. And he was known in the Highland Park area as Big Daddy. Oh, shit. He was very rich. 
Um, he worked for architectural company, landscape architecture, and he, I mean, he was just very well known. So when they realized, oh, damn, this is who this is, like, we have to really make sure we take good care of her because he's got a lot of money. So then they start wondering, you know, she has a lot of symptoms of toxic shock syndrome. Okay. And maybe she has a bacterial infection that would explain all these symptoms and maybe she's becoming septic, you know, where the body just becomes infected everywhere and it's it goes faster than the meds mm-hmm. can work. So her family and friends arrive at the hospital and it's not looking good. Is Big Daddy there yet? He's there. Okay. He's there. Her mom is there. She has two young daughters that are three and five. We don't really know what's going on. We're going to do our best to take care of her. But it's really hard to make a diagnosis because we give her meds and either nothing happens or she gets worse. So it and it comes to antibiotics. It's like, what do you give her if nothing's working? Mm-hmm. So then she starts taking a turn during a couple of days. Um, her symptoms continue to progress. And now she starts going into multiple organ failure. Oh, shit. So she's been in the hospital how many? About two or days? three days at this point. Damn. So then she falls into a coma. Mm. Five days later, on January the 14th, she is declared brain dead and they decide to take her off the vent and let her pass naturally. They don't want her. She's got no, I mean, nothing's working. She's living only by, mach- by machines. So that is the scene. So, and scene. scene. <laughs> so to explain a little bit about Nancy, she was the youngest of four children. She was known as very shy, very ambitious. Um, she was a bookworm. She loved to read. She loved to learn. And I'm not sure out of the four children how many were boys and girls, but they did say that she was definitely the daddy's girl of the bunch. I know she had one brother, but I'm not sure if she had other sisters. Um, she grew up in the Highland Park area, so she grew up wealthy. She grew up in, with yeah. money. She went to Highland Park High. and I wonder what that's like. I know. to like, ne- like They said she never wanted for anything. Like, you know... There were just a lot of things I wanted, mm-hmm. and you couldn't have them, right? right. So you had to be really careful um, when you, you were around. Made fun of yeah, too. if you did like didn't have the cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, we are not materialistic people, but growing up, where all you wear is Gucci and Prada and mm-hmm. Fendi and all that stuff—that's all you know. So she graduates from Highland Park High, and she goes to. Um, she decides she doesn't want to go to school in Texas. She doesn't want to go to school nearby. She wants to go to school somewhere else. So she goes to Holland's College in Virginia. And then she applies for a landscape architecture program at Harvard. And, of course, she gets in. Right. And there she meets Richard Lyon. Richard's father was an insurance agent. So he grew up middle class. Very, you know, average family. Nothing too too big. And so meeting her, I'm sure, was kind of like a gold mine, right? Because she's, Mm -hmm. like, worth all this money. But then it's kind of hard, I'm sure, to, like, woo her. You know, like, oh, I got you these flowers <laughs> that I picked on my way in. And she's like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she's used to bougie stuff. So they meet, they date, they fall in love. And it was really cute. They said that they learned each other's handwritings. And so she would write his essays for him. And sometimes he would write her essays for her. For her. And That's cool. they would like leave each other notes like in their own handwriting. And he'd be like, wait, did I write this? Who did you write this? Like <laughs> they funny. got so good that they yeah. couldn't tell. So they ended up getting married and they moved to Park Cities because, you know, her dad is the big wig here and he's got ties. He can help him get jobs. Mm-hmm. Dillard family said that Richard fit in really well and he adapted to that lifestyle, which they were surprised because growing up a middle class, not everybody has class. You know, people, even people that are rich can be really rich and have no class. Mm-hmm. But he was very classy. He fit in. Nancy gets a job at Trammell Crow, yep. which they said was like the Donald Trump mm-hmm. of Texas. Yep. So she worked there. So they get married, and they've been married for 
So they got married for about eight years at this point. Though Nancy's used to this big lavish lifestyle, Richard's like trying to understand it and trying to fit in where he knows as far as like paying bills and living like this fun life. But unfortunately, Nancy's never had to do anything on her own. So, so she like, doesn't know. they buy cars with credit cards. Oh my gosh. And like, they go on shopping sprees and they're like, oh, wait, the mortgage is due. <laughs> what did are we going to do? So, Big Daddy just paid their bills. That's what they did. They just lived however they wanted to live. They did whatever they want. They went on trips. They bought cars. They bought boats. They bought houses. So, they didn't even really have to work. They only did it just for something to do. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she made really good money, obviously, because she, mm-hmm. you know, and just being who she was. For them to say, oh, Big Daddy's daughter works for us meant that, yeah. you know, they were a good company. So in the late 80s, Richard starts working like construction, but he did like, uh, I think he like ordered a lot of parts for construction projects, kind of like a project manager. Like he would order the parts and he would go and be like, okay, so this is probably going to take this much lumber, this much this. And he would kind of order stuff and he would go and. So supplies, not parts. Like yeah. the wood yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and brick and stone, whatever the project so he would work a lot in Houston. Uh, that's where his company had a lot of work. So he was gone a lot. So he started having an affair with a coworker. Oh shit! Come and on. so Richard and Nancy separated for a while, and he stayed in Houston. He worked, got an apartment, and you know they had two young girls, little girls, and they wanted to make it work. So in December of um, 1989, they decided to get back together. How old were their daughters at the time? Three and five. Okay. Oh, little. So they're like, you know, let's just get back together. Let's work on it. You know, our, our we're not together enough. Maybe right. we need to be together more often and reignite the passion and right. all that stuff. Richard moves back the Christmas before Nancy goes to the ER. Okay. Okay. So now back to, so that's how where Nancy and Richard got where they got. So that's kind of their history. When news breaks that Nancy Lyons has passed away, Nancy Dillard Lyon has passed away. So she did pass away eventually. Yeah. Remember they unhooked her from oh, the... Oh, right. I yeah. didn't know how long Yeah, she... five days. On okay. January 14th, they turn off the vent and she passes on her own. Okay. And so they have this huge funeral. And when news breaks that she's passed away, she's 37. I mean, that's only two years older than me. It's shocking. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my God. And she's got a three-year-old and a five-year-old and... Like, she's wealthy, so people think, like, wealthy people don't die. <laughs> they just live forever. They pay whatever they have to pay to get it fixed. Exactly, yeah. Money money fixes um, everything. Because she's so young and she just got sick, all of a sudden it just didn't make sense. And so they have her funeral and, like, thousands of people show up. Like, just to be able to get in the church and not only be part of her funeral, but see Big Daddy and, like, be around all that. But suspicion starts to build on Richard because they're, like... Probably from the nurses on, right? Well, they're like just in general, they're like, this is just weird that she falls so sick and no one knew that they had separated, but them too. Like her dad didn't know they had separated. Like she had said they had problems, but he didn't know the extent of how bad their marriage had gotten. Nancy had told the nanny that helped take care of her girls, her dad and Richard, that she received, this is crazy. She received a bottle of wine uncorked and a bottle of pills in a bag on the porch with a message that said to a special lady from a secret admirer, which she then proceeded to drink the uncorked bottle of wine. Why would you do that? I don't know. So that's <laughs> happened. Okay. Okay. Then girl, come on. <laughs> so then she, I guess she's not street smart enough to know that that is a bad idea. 
she also had been receiving threatening mail as well. She had stopped. At this point, she no longer worked for Trammell Crow because there had been her boss did something illegal and she her testimony was going to basically put him away. So she oh. was worried that he was going to come after her. So or maybe leave wine uncorked on her porch. Very possible. Like if you're afraid for your life, you don't drink that. What kind of pills were they? It didn't say. It just said a bottle of pills. Was she a pill head? Well, we'll just get into okay. all the weirdness. This all is right. this is weird. Okay. This is super weird. Okay. Richard also receives a message on his voicemail, and all the voicemail says is, "She got hers, and you will get yours." He received this message after she passes away. Okay. Okay. So autopsy comes back. He's in me in that. Okay. Autopsy comes back, and you want to know what she died from? A bad, bad grapes from the wine. Arsenic poisoning. Oh shit! She had one hundred times the amount of arsenic in her body. Damn. So it was ruled a homicide. And so clearly that's what was in the wine. Like, do we know the timeline from the time she drank the wine? To If you don't stay. I'm sorry. You're so far ahead. I'm sorry. You know I'm going to give you the answer. Just, I know. She just, okay. Somebody come get her. Okay. I'm not even like, I haven't had very much caffeine today, so I'm just in a really good mood. <laughs> that's great. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my bun said? Yeah. So it's ruled a homicide, but they are able to rule out her former boss. That he okay. had no ties. So they're like, well, let's look at the husband. Yep. Because something's not right here. So Don Ortega, he was the lead investigator on the case. And he's like, he calls Richard. He's like, hey, you know, I need to have a meeting with you. Like, we need to discuss, like, who was she around? What was she doing? Like, how could this have happened? So Nancy had told her father that she, that she was having marital problems and that they had contemplated a separation, but not 100% that there was a separation. Bill Sr. is like, I really really think that richard's trying to kill her i know i have no evidence but it's just in my gut so he's like going to the police and he's like listen i know i have no proof but i'm a dad and i'm telling you he did something to my daughter i just know it so richard starts exhibiting some odd behavior so while his wife was dying he was flirting with the nurses this guy asking if they like oh are you married are you single do you have a boyfriend what What are you doing later what an idiot he was calm in the waiting room like not like oh my god my wife like none of that and when they came out and said she was brain dead he his expression he didn't even look up from the magazine he was reading and i very much know that everybody grieves differently yeah but like if they were so in love and learned each other's handwriting and i mean i know he was also having an affair on her so clearly he fell out of love with her but like if you're really trying to get away with something, you need to make it look like you're really, really throw yourself on the ground. Oh my I mean, god! Don't be overly dramatic, but oh come gosh. on, exhibit some kind of emotional attachment. Yeah. Do you even love her at all? So apparently, they contact Tammy Ann. Tammy Ann was his mistress in Not Houston. Tammy Ann. And she had she's blue eyed, blonde hair, just a beauty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so they reach out to her and they're like, "Hey, could you shed some light, like?" We know you were in a relationship. We know you were in an affair. Like, could you tell us what's going on? And she's like, they're like, we, you know, we know that things ended and like maybe she has a motive to kill Nancy. I mean, it's possible. And she's like, oh, no, it never ended. We're still seeing each other. Just a week ago, Richard had to leave Houston to go visit his wife because she was dying of an incurable blood disease a week before she was in the ER with these symptoms. 
What a dumbass. So she was like, I thought she already died. Clearly she's involved. So now they have motive, right? Like he's having an affair, right? So him wanting to be with this woman is definite motive. And it but again, sounds they like have, something they brewed together. But they have no evidence. Unless he really told her that his wife had this rare blood disease. Like, we don't know that. He might have told her that, huh? That's what that's what Tammy Ann's saying. Oh my gosh, not Tammy Ann again. So a month after Nancy's death, so this takes us to the to middle of February, they still believe that Richard is involved. So they are like... They're they not just have to find giving it. Yeah, evidence. they're just they're just digging. So they tell the Dillard family, hey, like, I know you hate him. And we know that, you know, that he has something to do with it. But y'all got to act like stone face. Like y'all got to be on his side, console him, make him think that you're on his side because he may get comfortable. He may slip up or he may tell you something he did or somewhere he went. That could be a clue. So they're like, it's going to be really hard, but OK, we'll do it. So while investigators are watching the home, Tammy and starts staying at the house. That him and his wife were in. And he's hanging around the daughters. It's only been a few months. One month. One month since she passed away. Yep. Okay. Yep. So she's, she's hanging out. In. So the investigators are like, you know what's odd? Richard hasn't made any phone calls to us saying like, have you found out how my wife was poisoned? Like, we all live in this house. I don't want my daughters to yeah, get sick. Or me. Or me. Or my uh, I would mistress. be throwing everything out. Or, you know, my in-laws or whatever. Like, could That's you please tell me what happened? How did this happen? How did she get so sick? How did she ingest arsenic? Like, I need you guys to tell me. So the investigators are like, okay, obviously he's involved. And obviously he most likely is the one that gave it to her. But where, where could he have found, where could he have bought poison? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. Where do you buy that? I don't know. Do you order it online? Where do you, how do you buy arsenic? Well, see, he's the dumbass. And not only this, this is in the 90s. So mm -hmm. you can't just go to the old Googs and pull it up. <laughs> so he's dumb. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a Barney Five. They start investigating chemical supply companies in Texas that produce different arsenic things, right? So they start researching and they start doing some phone calls. They're like, hey, have you ever sold anything to this person? So a company in Houston's like, oh, yeah, actually, I have some invoices dating from January of 1989 all the way to November 27th of 89. And this happened January 9th of 1990. So, so for 11 months, a whole year prior to this happening, they have dates of invoices of him purchasing mercury, barium carbonate, arsenic, arsenic trioxide, and cyanide. And not only were the invoices addressed to him, but they have handwritten checks that he wrote to this company for these chemicals. What was on the memo? <laughs> that bitch. Tammy Ann. <laughs> all, all for Tammy. And he had the packages big daddy. shipped to his office at work. Thinking, not to home. Thinking right? that's that's the only thing that he needed to cover right. his ass on. And so they thing. contacted his place of work. They're like, hey, would there be any reason since he ordered supplies? Would there be any reason Maybe that he would order this? Right. Or... They're like, oh, no, we use only organic products. We're known that we use organic. When it right. comes to that stuff, we use organic. So, so it could have been. And they said he had no approval to even order that type of supply. Or that much supply. So he couldn't even say it was for the company. No, but he put it on company invoices, but his name on it and his own personal checks paid for Dumbass. them. This is what not to do. <laughs> so police bring Richard in and they're like, so Richard. Listen, listen Dick Lyon. Listen, Dick. His name is Richard. <laughs> Don't be a Richard. We are really sorry to tell you this, but your wife was poisoned. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not surprised. 
They're like, um, you're not surprised that your wife was poisoned. He's like, oh, no, because we had really bad fire ants. And so we were ordering different kinds of arsenic around the metropolitan around the state to find out what was best to kill fire ant holes. So when I think of fire ant holes and like we have fire ants right now in the backyard, I'm going fire to ant mounds. I'm going to Lowe's and I'm going to look for fire ant killer and then I'm going to put or it seven on, dust or se- and I'm going to put it on the mound. Right. I'm not going to go look for arsenic. That's Especially terrifying. if you have little children that right? are playing outside in the yard. You are worth millions. Why wouldn't you hire a service and move on? I'm sure you would. If you can't even pay your own damn bills and your father-in-law's doing it for you, how can you be so resourceful when it comes to killing fire ants? Fire ants. Really? Stupid ass some bitch. This dumbass. So he's like, I'm not surprised. Like we were messing with different kinds and maybe she just ingested it. So they can tell that like they have they. They, again, have nothing. So they let him go. They're like, you know, we don't want to spook him. We don't want to make him think. So we just want him to stay near. So then they decide we're going to release the cause of death to the public. And we're going to tell the the public. public handle it. And maybe somebody will come forward. Maybe somebody saw something. Maybe somebody knows something. Or maybe he told somebody else. Right. Or or maybe maybe he asked someone, hey, how much arsenic does it take to kill someone? Who knows? You know, maybe he asked a nurse. Who knows? So they put it out there and like the whole, the whole town is shocked. They're like, oh I'm my sure. God, like not only did she die so young and who she is, but she was poisoned. So now like, it's a homicide. It's right. not like a mysterious illness death. It's so Richard hires a very expensive lawyer because he feels that he's being targeted and he, I wonder why he hires Dan Guthrie. Doesn't that name sound familiar to you? Did you I, Google him? I Googled him and I saw that he's been a lawyer here for a long time. Maybe we've but just he doesn't, seen his name on signs or whatever other cases. I, th- I think he's in another case before. Dan decides to ha- everyone happy and to keep the law on his side. He's like, we're, I'm going to hold a press conference and we're going to, we're going to talk to all these people and show these people that you're innocent. Right? So they have a press conference and, and he allows his, dumbass client <laughs> to defend himself so he lets jethro talk <laughs> <laughs> richard states quote contrary to the accusations by the police recently i did not poison my wife nancy dillard lion nor did i have anything to do with her death end quote does that not sound like bill clinton i did not have sexual relations with that woman Monica like i think Lewinsky. i think he took that straight from bill clinton probably wasn't when was bill clinton president in the 90s right so investigators decided to play their their cards on the trail of the arsenic and, and the girlfriend. They're like, you know, we got this. Like, we're going to prove that, that Richard wanted to get rid of his wife by poisoning her so he can be with this. She was in the way. Right? You know, you can just get a fucking divorce. Exactly. Just get a divorce. Yeah, but why then, is death but, you know why? an easier path than divorce? Well, I will money. tell you. In this situation, yeah, it's money. And he can't live that lifestyle. And the Dillard family would hate him and he couldn't go to those socialite things well and they're gonna hate him anyway be a, when be he a gets part caught. of it but tammy tammy ain't rich girl no no all right dude so in may of 91 so this is a year about almost a year and a half since her her death richard is charged with first degree murder they so have enough on him what do they find well so he pays bond and he goes home okay so he calls his attorney he's like i need you to come over i found some stuff and dan's like Okay, so he goes over to his house, and Richard's like, look at all these notes that I found in Nancy's, this big box of all these notes and, like, journal entries and all this stuff that Nancy's wrote down in her journal. And in her journal, she states that she blames herself for why her marriage is failing because she has a fear of sex. She feels helpless, and she says, I understand why, like, I understand why Richard had an affair because 
I had an incestuous relationship with my brother <gasps> when I was 11 and he was 13. And in her, in there, she states that her, her and her brother were having sex and their mom came in and caught them and was very upset with them. And that her dad denied that that ever happened, that they played doctor once and there was like something weird going on, but it was not what, that's not what it was. Mm. So Richard says while they were separated, Nancy had received flowers, a flower bouquet, and he asked her, where did they come from? And she's like, oh, the school sent them, the girl's school, over to me. And the card said, I'm so sorry you were treated so awful by your husband. So they do some research and they found out that Nancy sent those flowers to herself, which they feel maybe she did that to make him feel bad for the to affair. Him, to make him and like get his attention. See if he would get jealous or not. But he wasn't jealous. So did she also send the wine and pills to herself? Did she commit suicide? No. Well, she must not have been too fearful of sex. They had two children. True. I mean, the wine was already open, right? And she gave, then after she drank that wine, that she found on the porch. She then gave the empty bottle to her nanny and said, if anything happens to me, give them this bottle. What? So like, did she poison herself? Did she put arsenic in the wine and drank it? And there wasn't enough to kill her, but enough maybe to make her somewhat sick. Very so they intriguing. Go, yeah. So they go, this is so weird. So they go to trial. And so the defense is using the lab result toxicology. So when they took samples of her hair, her nails, blood for analysis because our nails and our hair grow about the same they felt that there should be the same amount of arsenic in her fingernails as her hair but her nails had five times the amount than her hair is it because maybe she messed with it with her hands and it was like absorbed into her fingernails so the defense is saying like yeah like she took the arsenic herself that's why it's on her fingers or is that a fair assessment is it true that you're going to have the same amount of x drug in your nails and your hair that's what the i've never heard that but that doesn't mean it's not true well that's what the um medical examiner was saying is that whenever he looked at the report he's saying usually it's that that way yeah that there should be about the same like one maybe a little bit more yeah but this was five times like that's way too much fair enough so the only explanation is that she had touched the arsenic herself. Or maybe there was still some remnants on the outside of the bottle. And when she touched the bottle, it transferred to her hands. It doesn't necessarily mean that she actually possibly mixed yeah. it herself. And then she when they came in contact with it. When they looked at, because they're going to take the strands of hair and nails, the highest dose of arsenic was three weeks prior to her death. Well, three weeks prior to her death, Richard was in Houston. So how did she have such a high amount in her body the week that she drank the wine? That doesn't make sense. And then the day of her death and three weeks prior were when the arsenic was the highest in her body. So you have that. So they, they're like, she probably took it herself to win her husband back. Like she'd be so deathly ill on her deathbed and he'd be, come running back to her. Be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll never, I won't leave you. We'll make it work. Did she do that? Possibly. And most of the evidence toward, against him is circumstantial. Like he's smart. Dan Guthrie's like, he went to Harvard He's such a smart man. Like, number one, why would he have the evidence purchased under his name? Why would he have it shipped to him? Why would he purchase it? Why would he take her to the ER knowing that he poisoned her just for them to tell him what he well, already but knew? I mean, if you're if you're the person that did it and this happens, this has happened in other situations where one or the other spouses have mm-hmm. been poisoned. They've poisoned them and take them, take them to the ER and acted like the distraught mm-hmm. spouse. So right. that's not really out of the ordinary. Just a ruse. Exactly. It's so I don't think that can be used as a 
this is how we know he didn't do it because he wouldn't do that because people do. So then um, the defense said that they called multiple chemical places and one of the chemical places they called said that they received a call from a Nancy Lyon about arsenic and asked if it could be used to kill ants and they said yes and she purchased arsenic herself. This is a defense's case. Okay. I'm about to blow your mind. Am I going to get pissed and walk out? You're going to be like shut up and get out. Okay. So the prosecution show that at the apartment that Richard had been staying at in Houston, it was one of those like sublet apartments. The person that took over the apartment found a bottle of pills in the cabinet with Nancy's name on it. And when they ran the pills, they had cyanide in them. When they ran the pills, what do you mean? They tested tested the pills. And there was portions of the medicine in the caplets had been taken out and replaced with cyanide. So the pills that were left their feeling are the ones that he tampered with and he would take some of them and refill her pill bottle with the tampered I ones. I see what you're saying. But he left that bottle behind. So the nanny, her name was Nancy Lynn Peace Woods. So her name was Nancy as well? Yes. The um, Nancys. She said that she saw Richard give Nancy very large vitamins every day. And she showed the toxicologist where they were and he said they had traces of barium carbonate in them, which is found in rat poison. So he tampered with multiple things, not oh. just her medication, but her vitamins and other stuff. And Nancy said there were no anthills in the backyard. Well, probably not. You live in Highland Park. But think about you it. You have classy ants. You don't have fire ants. But if no. there's no anthills. No, I know. You know? I, I get what you're saying. So the final days of the testimony, the prosecution is proving that Nancy didn't do this to herself. Mm-hmm. The doctors were like, poisoning yourself with arsenic is one of the most painful ways to die. Yeah, I was going to say. Nobody would choose that. And she's smart enough that she would know that. And they also said that it's very possible that because she was vomiting so much, the amount of arsenic that would be in the vomit would have been higher. And if she's wiping her face, then that would explain the higher amounts of arsenic in her nails versus her hair. Good point. That's true. Then, are you ready for the bomb? There's a bomb. There's a bomb. They, being the court call a handwriting expert and all the notes that she wrote were written by Richard about how she had an incestuous relationship. So that was bullshit. All of it was made up. Yeah. And he wrote all these fake. And that's why he didn't find them until later on. He probably cooked that idea about panicking like, Oh shit, they're on to me. I need to throw them off the trail. Also, they prosecution contacted the um, chemical company where Nancy bought the, chemicals the arsenic so nancy really did buy it they contacted them they said we don't do any receipts that are typed all of ours are handwritten and the receipt that was that was given to the court um the guy that owns the company was like that's not one so of my he receipts forged it to make it look like so he it. he made he took their letterhead and made a receipt and put her name on it and wrote a check and it never happened i mean i can kind of see he was trying to be smart about it but he was still stupid smart so the jury deliberates for an hour. And what do oh, you think? Oh, it only took him an hour. They found his ass guilty as... Guilty of first-degree murder. Hell yes. So three weeks later, the judge gets to decide his fate. And the judge said exactly what you said earlier. He said, I told him, why didn't you just divorce her? Like, you didn't have to kill her in such an awful way. Yeah. You know, like, in this, like you're never going to be able to be a dad. You're never going to walk no. your daughters down the aisle. No. You're never going to watch your daughters walk across the stage and be something of themselves. You not only did you take away their childhood, but you took away their mother. Yeah, their and mother. they need their mother. And their dad now, too, because he's in jail. And he's like, so I'm, I'm, so he was sentenced to maximum, maximum sentence of life in prison. 
So I have a question about the wine bottle and the pills. They, that, they believe that she did that. What do you mean? That she planted it outside to get attention from her husband to say. But how did they hear about that story? Because if she died. From the nanny. The nanny said that. Yes. Okay. I was confused about and, how that came about. And I guess. if she died. Whenever. And Richard wasn't there. How would they know right. that, that happened? The, the nanny told them that. And when she was in the hospital in the ER and she was throwing up, they were asking her, like, did you eat out? Did you do anything weird? She said, a couple weeks ago, I drank some, I drank a open bottle of wine that was left on my porch and some like muscle relaxers or whatever. She did tell the, the doctors and the nurses that she drank that. I think she did poison herself initially. I think that she drank the wine with some type of arsenic in it or she put something in the wine maybe not arsenic maybe she put i don't think something. so i don't think she would do that to get attention from him i think she, she sent herself flowers to get attention oh from that's him. a good point i forgot about that you're right you you're know right, you're right yeah, and yeah. she's about to lose her husband so i wouldn't Trying be surprised yeah and then um another thing that happened was she told her nanny that after she found out he was having an affair and he before he got the apartment in houston decided to stay there and separate she said that uh, Nancy told her nanny that they had gone out together and he had made her like a stiff drink. And she said that that drink made her so sick. Just one drink. And she's so like, I don't know he if he was testing. Yeah. To see how much she could handle. Mm-hmm. And she joked, she's like, it's like he was trying to kill me or something like in a joking way, not knowing. And then she even said that they went to the movies one night and he gave her a soda. And the next day she told the nanny that soda was so disgusting and he made me throw up all night long. So they think maybe he was, Mixing different ones and seeing what worked, what what, didn't. Five different things. Yeah. He was just... What a sick bastard. And that may also be why the levels were kind of messed up is because he was toying with her. But that day that it was so high, there's no way that he could have done it. Because there's just no way. Because That's not true. If he was putting that shit in her medicine, she could have taken one of those pills and and there might not have been anything in the wine. Like, we don't know. She could have taken a vitamin air quote vitamin or one of those other pills. And mm-hmm. if that powder was in there, then that would have had the same effect as drinking the wine. So the wine might not have even been tainted. It could have been the pills that were in the freaking bottle. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I just, I have a feeling that attached to the wine bottle was here's a special, a special gift for a special lady from your secret admirer. It just, it just screams attention. Like That's I want true. attention from my husband. Well, so, maybe the bottle of wine was to test him being jealous, not necessarily to make her sick. Possibly, yeah. But I, I think it's she did. It's very weird, though. It's very weird. And it, it just, like, you think that you got it, and it, like, goes down another path. So he definitely got what he deserved. And so what about the daughters? Do you know if they're... I don't. I know that um, her parents took them. I know her parents took them and, and raised them, and I think their names were Amber and Allison. Forgive me. Something. I know they were both A names. But at least they had each other. So how did you hear about the story? How did you so, find it? So um, I first heard it on Forensic Files. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching some documentaries. I can go on like YouTube. I like that show Power, Privilege, and Justice. Cullen Davis was on there too. And I was watching it and this came up again. I was like, okay, I have to do this story. Because yep. it's just so weird, you know. And especially her being like a socialite. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's crazy. So... Yeah, Power, Privilege, and Justice, there's an episode, Forensic Files and Newspapers.com. That's where I found a lot of the information on Dan Guthrie, his attorney, and kind of how the trial went. The trial went a lot faster than I thought it would. And, like, now every single time I see, like, how fast these murder trials happen, I try to go back to – I compare them all to the Routier case. Every single one. You know, like, 
I know that was a brutal murder, but you look at this one and like this one had tons of money and still he didn't go on trial for a year and a half, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the, one of the uh, reporters that's in power, privilege and justice, she's like, you know, it's, it's interesting. It would be interesting to know what would have happened to Richard if he had been a degenerate or he would have just been middle, like middle class, like he was raised. Would he have gotten off as good as he did? Probably not. Or would he have... It probably have... wouldn't have taken a year and a half to go to no. trial either. No. So... And did they do the trial in the same county, in, in Dallas it was, County? Yeah, it was actually... Or did they move it? Oh, they showed the building. I can't remember. Something Crowley building. Oh, that's, that's Frank, in Dallas. Yeah, Frank Crowley building, I think. Yeah. So it was in Dallas. Yeah, that's right. Which I was Lu- surprised. That's right by Lou Starrett. Yeah. Very surprised that... That just means that, it didn't have that much attention. They Probably said there were it did in Highland Park, but not Dallas, in Dallas. proper. Yeah. Um, there were 86 seats in the courtroom, and they had almost 1,400 people outside waiting every day to get in the courtroom. Wow. And the only people, everyone that was there um, was for, the only people that was there to help um, Richard was his mom and dad. Everybody else was there for Nancy. Of course. And her family. So, yeah, that's the story. It's a good one. Yep. Crazy. Topsy-turvy. So, rest in peace, Nancy Lyon. Rest in peace, Nancy Lyon. Gone too soon, for sure. Rotten hell, you piece of shit. Richard Dick Lyon. <laughs> Dick be Lyon. Bye, that's y'all. Bye, y'all.